Marcel, welcome to the show. Really, really good to have you here. How are you doing? Hello, guys. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm looking forward to talk about sim racing. <laughs> well, that, you're busy. You're busy. I'm really glad that we've managed to find this time because you seem to have one of the busiest calendars as a as an esports pro, which is a good sign, right? As an esports pro, especially <laughs> in sim racing, being busy is good. Yeah, I think that uh, that's what we want. Like when when it's happening, when the races are there, and like uh, uh, you are you are really busy. Like uh, there are so many races. Actually, you are feel really tired. But mm. when you have like off season and you have a month or two months break, you have the feeling that you want to go back to the sim again and you want to do this. So uh, last year was pretty busy, but I was enjoying a lot. Uh, I had some good results, so I think it was going well. So for those who don't know, you've done a huge amount, right? So you race for R8G, which is uh, Roman Grosjean's team. Uh, you competed in the Le Mans Virtual Series. Uh, you won the first ever ESL R1 title, which is, you know, basically <laughs> an a, 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 a historic event in sim racing, right? ESL R1, I think we all agree that that's, uh, it's kind of hit the scenes with a huge splash and isn't going anywhere for a little while. There's a lot of investment behind it. So if, let's say, that continues for the next 20, 30 years, that you won the first ever one of those. You were winning the Formula E Accelerate series uh, before the final, but it clashed with ESL. And so, you know, you you were winning, but you couldn't make the final. And then you ended up second or third for Formula E. So, you know, there's, there's two different games there already. So you're different games, different series, different countries. You've been in Saudi Arabia the whole time. How the hell do you stay focused when you have so much going on? Uh, that's a pretty good question. I want to, I want to know myself also. Uh... I don't know that that part of the year uh, it was being pretty busy, but I was like when I saw that uh, we're gonna have Formula E, uh, I really wanted to do it because I really enjoyed the last uh, like in 2022 I I was really enjoying it and I wanted to do it and I still decided to do next to ESL Transport, uh, but yeah when we saw for example Freddie was coming to the race mm. we were like uh, I think everyone knew that uh, he's gonna be pretty strong. And uh, on that first uh, first round of the Formula E, uh, we had a pretty good fight with him, which like on the truck, we didn't have many fight, but all the time he was uh, at my back. Like basically mm. the, the gap wasn't more than one second, I guess, through 40 laps or something. Uh, and it was, yeah, but it was pretty amazing. And, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I definitely, I feel that that part of the year was uh, was probably like the most focused for me. Because mm. doing ESR sports, which is already really demanding and uh, requires a lot of a lot of preparation and everything, and next to that, uh, I could be like successful in the Formula E also. Uh, I think that was probably the best period of the year for me uh, oh. in sim racing. How did you find the Formula E Accelerate series generally? Because there was a, there, there, it was a quite a complex structure. There were there were heats and rounds, and you were grouped into certain brackets. And you know, it wasn't like the standard kind of racing format that we're used to as sim racers, where it's essentially just you know a league system over yeah. a, a number of, of weeks or months. Right? It was a real kind of innovative system that was almost uh imitating kind of what we see in in more traditional esports right yeah i mean uh like for me definitely in formula e, the i think qualifying was really really different than other racing or like mm. let's say normal or like uh ordinary uh racing series let's say um because 
on that we had the first we had like eight or ten minutes of qualifying but like in two groups then you made it to the duels stage uh so basically you had to do i don't know a lot like seven eight perfect clubs in a row let's say to, mm. to stay in uh and for some reason it was kind of interesting for me because on the esl we have one shot qualifying and formula e was completely different because we had so many tries and on the formula e i felt like for some reason i was struggling a bit to put together a good lap even though i had like eight or ten minutes for it and on the esl we just had the one lap and that's always uh mm. like uh I don't know if the pressure is different or something, but uh, I was struggling a bit more in Formula E qualifying for some reason. That's interesting, knowing that it's kind of not, it's not all or nothing on your one lap. It's, you know, you've got a few bites of the apple, right? So you've got a few goes to get it right. Perhaps is psychologically, that's a different challenge to approach than, right, you've got one lap, go out, you, you've got to get it right. Or is it a case of you've got one lap, so leave a little in the tank? Like how do you, how do you approach a one lap qualifying? Uh, I think uh, to be honest, when I when I start the lap, uh, it's pretty much uh, I'm just really uh, being really excited. I can I can really feel even my heartbeat is like going going fast. Mm. And honestly, I'm just really. For example, there is Hockenheim, and the third one is like a roulette, oh, especially with the uh, especially with the Audi car, because if you don't hit the curb well, you ending up mm. having an off track, and your lap is gone already. So you're like, mm. basically you are just like trusting in something that the turn one is going to be good and then make the lap good. But I think all of the, all of the, on, on the other circuits, it's, it's basically the same. Uh, you have to, you have to have kind of definitely being confident that what you are doing, because you cannot, uh, cannot uh, having doubts that like, uh, mm. if it's going to be good or not, you have to go for it because you mm. have that follow up and uh, you have to take the risk that's. That's what I think, and especially for me in the second season of ESL, like the fall, fall season, uh, on the first part of the season in the uh, quarterfinals qualifying, which is the very first one, I was being, I think, pretty good. I could do like four or five poles uh, out of four or five races, something like that, you know, and uh, that, that was going really far for me for some reason. Mm. And, uh, I didn't feel the pressure was affecting me, but... And the other day when there were semifinals, uh, sometimes I was struggling a bit more, um, mm. which is, is hard to understand. But for some reason, it was like that it's, I don't know, the pressure should be more, I think, on the quarterfinal, because uh, if you if you miss it, then you cannot even make to the to the semi semifinal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and on the, for the semifinal, I felt everyone could improve a bit, but I just could keep the level of quarterfinal, which wasn't bad, but sometimes it was around p6 which is never safe you know to make it mm, to the final yeah 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 no it's interesting because actually at, at eslr1 because the game rensport was obviously brand new there were no veterans there wasn't like a rensport crowd that was just moving from one season to the next and so rensport brought together people who were from different um different backgrounds different games you know whether that's f1 if you look at like someone like sebastian job or if it's acc um, or ACC and F1, so you know Jano Watmir and like, um, sorry, James Baldwin. Like, there's there's a lot. There was a lot of um, crossover <laughs> with all these communities all coming together for ESL. Now, yeah. you obviously did a lot of the. You did the Formula E and you did Le Mans Virtual, which was both on R Factor Two. So, how did do you think that coming from R Factor Two, 
to ESLR1 was an advantage because I don't think there were that many from R Factor 2 necessarily or, or didn't seem to have the same pedigree in, in R Factor 2 that you did. Do you think your R Factor 2 experience helped you for Ren Sport specifically? Uh, I can say yes, probably. Because Ren Sport, what I feel, uh, in Ren Sport to be fast, you definitely need to have, especially on one lap, you need to have uh, a bit of slip angle of the car. You have to have a bit of slide all the time. You have mm. to keep it in slide, but not too much and not not too less because none of them is fast. Just the middle way is the yeah. fastest. And uh, I don't know if how much you know like or how much you drive Air Factor 2, but Air Factor 2 is kind of similar that you, uh, until a point, you slide in the car a bit always. Because mm. I know, for example, from iRacing, at least when I was driving iRacing, it was many years ago, but that was pretty much, uh, uh, you couldn't really have slide on the car. You couldn't really drift, but on Air Factor 2 and even on Transport, I feel like it allows more, uh, more drifting, let's say like that. Mm. So probably, probably it was helping for me. Uh, but still, Transport is is really, I feel it's really unique uh, how the how the car behaves. So maybe it's a bit closer to Air Factor 2 than to ACC or iRacing. Uh, but I I'm I'm not sure because I definitely have the more the most experience on Air Factor 2. I have uh, mm. I definitely like I'm playing on it since like eight so. Even more, like nine, nine, ten years, probably something like that. So, I have the most experience on it, and uh, for me, Ransport is still different, but with some stuff is is kind of similar. Interesting. So it sounds like you're almost like the fundamentals are quite similar, but then there's some characteristics which are different. Like, of course, you know, it, it's it's no it's no secret that um, Ransport had a load of accusations made about it that it was taking code from r factor 2 and the 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 tire model and bits and pieces and it was all a bit shady that we didn't really we didn't really get kind of an answer either way whether that did happen or didn't happen uh, you know and we'll probably never know but it sounds to me like you know there, there are significant differences between the game in terms of the way it feels the way it handles even if there is some kind of like underlying similarity but given that we're all trying to simulate or all games not we all games are trying to simulate motorsport it would make sense for there to be some kind of underlying similarity between all the games because if they're all totally different well then yeah 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 yeah, yeah, exactly obviously someone is wrong (laughs) yeah 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 definitely like which is the best way i think probably i don't know i to be honest i have some experience on acc and i pretty much like acc even though i I don't have real life, uh, real racing experience. I never drove GT mm. cars, never drove GT3. But for me, some reason, ACC feels pretty good. How the car behaves on the truck, what I see on the truck, and how the game itself looks. Uh, also, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like Air Factor 2. Uh, but maybe in Air Factor 2, I feel like, or I felt like the the sliding is a bit too much, probably, or uh, maybe it could be. And I really think it's pretty much, I guess, gripping much more. Uh, but if you see, like, most of the real, real drivers on iRacing, I guess, so maybe we can we can say that that's probably the closest to real life. Mm. It's it's really yeah. it's really hard. To... It's interesting, uh, isn't it? Because I think I think every single one of the games has, at some point or another, cited a real world driver that has said that their game is the most like the real world. And the other thing is, these physics models they're always. Uh, changing right so it, yeah, if the, the physics yeah. models are changing i.e the world is changing it's obviously never exactly right and, and it never will be exactly yeah. right but then maybe that's part of the beauty of sim racing it would be a bit boring 
if Definitely, every yeah. single game felt exactly <laughs> but, the same. So it's kind exactly. of a perk of, 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 of gaming that you yeah. can have these kind of different characters. It's like yeah. that. I talk about it sometimes <laughs> on the podcast where I talk about how in sim racing, you have like a number of layers that all work together to create one kind of unified experience. And that's, you know, the hardware yeah. that you're using, the settings, your hardware settings that you're using on the hardware, which is different to another person's, the yeah. hardware settings in the game that will be different to another person's, the game, which is different from, from game to game, like as in the physical game, models yeah. are different. Yeah. And then the track conditions and the temperatures. And so, so you know, with, you have so, so many, many things, yeah. variabilities yeah. to be able to create exactly the same experience is almost impossible. And actually, yeah. I was thinking about this recently because often on the podcast, I'll point out to if we have, you know, when we have esports drivers come on the show, I'll say, well, you do this game and you do that game. Is that challenging being able to jump from one to the other? And often the, the, the answer is not, not really. It takes a little bit of getting used to, but then you know, you, you work it out. And, and actually what I think I'm coming to realize is that's because that's just racing. Like you could be in a real yep. world car and you go from track to track to track, setup engineer to setup engineer, different tire compound, different tire compound, regulation changes every single year. The feel of your real world car is always going to change every time you go from one track to another. Like even, Absolutely, you know, yeah. I always get yeah. a, bit, a bit embarrassed talking about it, but um, I did a bit of, real world racing in very big inverted commas in the enduro car series i went to donnington a few times and the car felt oh. different every single time and there's really not <laughs> that much you can change in a 4ka right and it's the same it's the same size but then so so then you know it, it it kind of makes sense that if you're a racer you're constantly adapting to subtle changes in the feel of the car and so going from one yeah. game to another is just another yeah. variability to to adapt to yeah i I think how you how you describe it, it's I I absolutely can agree with it. Even though I told like I don't have real racing experience, but I think in real racing, even if you talk about F1, there can never be the same two conditions on even to even though next to each other like lap let's say fifty or lap fifty one. Everything can be different, mm. always something. And I think in real world racing, what what I think about it is like you really have to have a good uh let's say like adopt fast to everything hmm. because even we're talking about like let's say like truck racing or circuit racing but the conditions i think never really the same uh and in the simulators what i think let's say what i have experienced the most for example air factor uh you have to or even on transport let's say land transport now but for example you have to break all the time on every quarry lap let's say you have to you have to you have to break all the time the same spot if you miss you know you you don't you're losing a bit of probably that like uh, that kind of adapting fast is not really that mm. because every every lap you have to do the same the same breaking everything and uh, probably like that's what sim racing could be better if it would be a bit more like you know uh let's say the car in, in one lap would stop here and the other one mm. stopped a bit different and you would have to adopt, which is actually a bit there in, in, in transport, but I don't know if it's like because of the brakes behaving differently or, or, or just you braking, I don't know, one, one millisecond later or anything. So I don't know maybe where it comes from, but that's how I see it. Mm. Kind of. Interesting. And, yeah. I, I guess, I, I guess in, in real world racing, you have that kind of um, unknown element. There's, there's always that element of random 
of you hear somebody coming on the, the a driver coming over the radio saying the brakes feel a bit strange or yeah. you know some kind of issue that you just can't predict and you don't see you don't see that as much in sim racing but i guess at an esports level i i don't know how you'd manage to build that into a, a championship where there's random issues that drivers are going to face that feels a little, a little unfair uh definitely i think definitely for example like uh about this uh which which happened uh it was on the sweden event and it unfortunately happened to my uh dimitri but it was basically like uh he had he was really unlucky because his uh, rig was really not working properly so let's say that kind of he had that kind of technical issue and mm. it was ruining, ruining uh, like a lot uh, of his yeah. chances on, on, you know, on the final day. And he was definitely not happy. And I think even if it would be in the game, the mechanical issue and like technical issues, I think it it would be really unfair. Somebody like if it would happen with me, I would feel it unfair. Why is not not happening with anyone else? You know, but in real racing, it's there. Yeah. So so I don't know. I don't know what what would be better to have it like look look like more real life. But at the same time, some drivers would have a breakdown, probably that it's happening with them, you know. So it's a it's a moral conundrum that one because I feel like you know if if sim racing will never perfectly simulate the real world, but at least we can remove mechanical errors. Maybe it's like a, you know we've got to have a pros and the cons. We don't just want cons and cons of we don't want to just be like not as good as motorsport in every respect when we have very good opportunities to be better than motorsport. And, you know, not introducing mechanical breakdowns is an opportunity to be better than motorsport. So why on earth would we not build that into the game, i.e. the cars will always perform perfectly? Because we may as well take the benefit of the fact that we're sim racing rather than motor than in the real world of motorsport. So uh, I, want to yeah. talk a, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about the competitions themselves, because you've done a few high profile competitions now. So we've spoken about ESL R1, which is this huge production stage show obviously done by ESL who are experts in their craft you've got Le Mans Virtual which is one of the most iconic racing series uh, on the sim racing calendar it's probably it's most people's highlight I would say um, yeah. and then you do the Formula E Accelerate um, esports series which of course is following it, which is which is officially endorsed by Formula E which is a huge global brand so you've done three huge series uh, obviously and you've done more as well but I'm just using those three as an example how different did they feel to participate in in terms of your interaction with the series and the organizers and virtual versus LAN like what's what which ones do you enjoy the most and why uh LANs <laughs> I would say LAN. <laughs> for some reason I don't know I, I like LAN events I like to be with the drivers I like when we see each other you know we are there uh, we can talk uh and for some reason also I feel when, for example, we are racing and there are like cameras around us, probably people around us, because in in Munich and also Sweden we had some uh, we had some crowd also, you know, there. And uh, actually, I was enjoying it because if I am at home, I feel like that I'm. It's just only me, the PC. I'm alone in my room. Mm. Nothing else is happening, and probably it's worse for my mind that to. I'm being really, I'm being really focused, but if something is happening around me, it can maybe distract a bit and releasing some stress from your from my shoulder you know and mm, probably why probably that's why i like a bit more LAN events but what i felt also then on LAN events i think i could always prefer or sorry perform better than 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 the mm. than, than online season uh especially soak up for... that atmosphere yeah i i don't know i don't know i just i just <laughs> like i just somehow i just 
even at home I can have like the the flow, you know. But there, if especially like on the Munich on the Munich LAN event, the the major in June, I just really had like the flow. I really got it, and love times were coming. I wasn't mm. thinking. I wasn't thinking like to where to break, where I have to break. It was coming everything from itself, so natural. It was just happening, and love times were there. Uh, I was all the, all the time up there in the in the top three. Uh, so definitely that was my strongest LAN event. I think the Munich one. So you truly experienced that kind of flow state, you know, that a lot of high performing athletes will talk about achieving the flow state where everything else seems to melt away and they become at one with, in this case, the car and the track and everything goes quiet and you just achieve this, this kind of flow state. So is that some, it's almost like a trance, they say, is that something that you've achieved in sim racing? Uh, I think I... Hopefully I was close to that. Uh, that's what, how I can describe it. I don't know if I completely achieved it or if I completely had it through a lap, but definitely there were laps uh, mm. or moments on that events. Especially I can I can mention I mean probably the the Munich one where I was just uh, not really like thinking anymore on it. I was just doing it from like uh, 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 how to say that like it it was just coming coming from itself, you know and. I, I was really, and on those moments, you really don't have to say, like, uh, you are just not thinking on if the braking is going to be good. Because if you start to thinking on it, that's what I feel sometimes, uh, let's say my legs started shaking on, you know, or on the throttle. Mm. If I'm thinking too much on it, like, where 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 I should add throttle, where should I release the throttle and stuff like that. Uh, but I think, uh, I think if I was close to it, it was definitely the Munich event. And uh, I think that's what everyone wants to have. Because... From the whole ESL grid, I, I I can claim that that I think a lot of people, probably the whole field, I'm not sure, but a lot of people can be on pole or can win races. But mm. it depends a lot, I think, on the mental state or your mental ability, let's say, in some situations that uh, how you can deal with, I think, pressure, uh, how you can deal with one lap qualifying and uh, how, you can, how much you can be focused on the race, that to go away a bit, try to push or, or what's, what's the best, you know? So I think so many, so many drivers are able to win the race or being on pole, but so many tiny things are just like deciding these, these mm. factors. It's interesting. You seem to have, have developed a huge bank of experience at the highest levels of sim racing esports. Um, you know, your, your trophy cabinet is enviable. It's, you know, you've got some <laughs> incredible accolades to your name. Where did this all start? Like, how long ago did this become your your thing, like your identity? Like, where, where what was your first interaction with racing and racing games? I think we can go back to two thousand and I don't know five, six probably, where I was like, okay. uh, I born in ninety nine, so this was like I was like seven, seven, eight years old, six, seven, eight years old, and the first game I was playing on as a racing game probably it was. Uh, Need for Speed Underground 2, which was with keyboard, of course, and like, uh, but mm -hmm. that's where racing, I think, got got to me, you know. And uh, since 2008, I'm doing sim racing on hobby level. Like we had the, I think, a pretty cheap like Logitech Formula Force EX wheel, which could turn on me 90 to the left, 90 to the right, you know. And it <laughs> yeah. was around 2009. It was around 2008, and it was just a hobby, but I was really interested in it and. Uh, I, I all the time I, I like to play on those games. So it was my it was my goal also that to improve my sim racing, let's say 
skills or also to equipment in the same time, you know. So I can I can say that basically I was doing it like for 12 years on hobby level. And from 2020, 2021, it got to be, I think, something called professional. Mm. When, I, when, when, I, when I really started to focus on it, like take it seriously and like uh, uh, I was just focusing on it. Absolutely. And what happened to what happened to make that switch? Uh, I think in 2020, when sim racing got really popular, uh, because when the COVID, like the pandemic happened, and uh, everyone got stayed home, and like I think sim racing got to be, I think some sim racing got to be a bit more popular because it got to be more interesting, I think, for people, and uh, that's when big races, as I see, big races started to happen. Or probably with more prize money, let's say, and uh, I, I, and it's not because of the prize money or anything, but uh, I saw, I saw a future in it. I saw mm. that uh, if I can do it professionally, uh, probably this can be my job, and I just can focus on it. And uh, at that time, I was working, I was working at the bakery, and at the beginning of 21, 2021, I decided that I'm gonna leave the work and I'm just fully focused on sim racing, and. I think it happened probably the best time, this decision, because at that time, the BMW M2 series were going on Factor 2, and uh, uh, I was uh, I was having so many great fights with Erhan, who is my teammate right now, but he wasn't at that moment, and we were kind of having some great rivalry on track. Uh, so you were just go, you were a solo driver, independent, not, not part of a team at that, that stage? Oh, uh, Varga Sim Racing was the team before our oh, okay. Yeah, right. It was Varga Sim Racing. It was a smaller team, but mm -hmm. that's I, I joined there at the end of 2020, and I and that's, that I was non-professional, non, non, uh, non. What was it paid? That's uh, uh, no, there, there was no, there was no salary. Yeah. There was no salary for that. Um, actually, we, I got, I got uh, uh, a great GPU back then. It was uh, 3070 Ti. I got a great oh, wow. GPU from them. And uh, it was it was helping me a lot to to to, yeah. to continue my journey or like do the sim racing, you know. But that that was the time when I joined Warga. I met with Jiri, uh, who is my current teammate still. Uh, but but yeah, like uh, on on that BMW stuff, uh, racing the championship, I was realizing when I was fighting with Erhan that uh, sometimes I could beat him, you know. Sometimes he was beating me. That uh, and I knew at that time he is definitely. Uh, uh, one of the best still is one of the best of of sim racers and uh, uh that that gave me some boost uh for the future and that's where probably because he was racing at rhg that's where probably rhg like started to look on us on me and mm. and they they uh searched us around uh, 21 summer of 21 and that's how i joined to them that's how we joined to them and yeah since then i am an rhg driver and yeah <laughs> which is Doing incredible it. How, what yeah. was it like, kind of that that first introduction to a real professional, well-known, funded team like RAG? Like, was it strange, kind of, you know, that first week at work and having to sign forms and go to your first team meetings? Like, tell us what that was like. Oh, I think it wasn't. Let's say it wasn't like a strange or something that it wasn't mm. that. Uh, uh, it it. It's it's basically what I remember for it's it wasn't that surprising but it made me really happy when they searched like uh, searched us that if we want to join into their team because that was our first professional contract uh, but like 
started working for them at the end of 21 uh, and the beginning of 22 uh, it was uh, probably what I felt that I have to now, now I have a professional contract and I still have to bring great results and uh, at that time the VCO racing series were going and uh, mm. I, I, I think I showed a really strong performance on that and it was a really great uh, really great first race with the team and uh, I, that's, that's what I remember from uh, those 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 years or those days, you know, I didn't I didn't really feel like uh, it got to be something really special, you know. That's like uh, something would change around me. It was it, mm. it was feeling really natural. I was really happy that I have the contract now. I'm doing it as a job, so I, and I think it just probably gave me boost for the whole thing. Yeah, and I guess joining an organization like that and it feeling natural probably explains a large part of your your character and your your kind of ease with racing and it, your your sense of getting a position getting a drive where you felt very much like you you belonged there like you deserved that drive it wasn't there was no sense of like oh my god like i need to make sure i don't mess, <laughs> mess, mess this up you know yeah like, there's, a, there's a natural confidence yeah it it was that i was i was let's say i was a bit stressed or excited that uh, especially like my first proper racing event for them that was i think the vco and I knew I, I have to I have to perform. Of course, I knew I have to perform, but I was trusting in myself on that level that I I knew I can I can do it also. But still, there was some stress or some pressure from that. But uh, it's definitely after the 21 like the 2021 season where we won uh, with Giri, we won the Virtual Endurance Championship on Air Factor Two, and I could show some great results on the BMW Championship. It wasn't like you know that surprising. Uh, that the contract arrived, I I was happy for it, but somewhere somewhere I was expecting also that after this, uh, probably uh, a team or two is gonna come and try to try to get us, and and that's what happened. Uh, so so yeah, it, it was it was pretty natural and pretty great. Yeah, it must. Yeah, I I can't imagine the feeling of, of kind of having a few. You said there was a few teams that approached you. Why did you choose RAG? Uh, because they were the first. <laughs> they, right, okay. they came. I they came. Say, I thought you'd be like, well, you know, I just really resonated with their story, and I've been a huge Roman Grosjean fan, and I love their, I love what they stand for. <laughs> you know, no, definitely, it was, it was absolutely like a huge, huge thing for me that to, uh, that RAG came because it's definitely one of the biggest sim racing teams in terms of results, what they achieved, and uh, especially because. Uh, uh, Roman is the face. Roman is, is leading the team, you know, and I think around motorsports, everyone knows him. So mm. it was it was definitely an amazing feeling that I can tell that I can race in the team of Roman Grosjean, who was driving at that time. At that time, not uh, anymore in uh, mm. still still in F1, but like uh, still he's driving in IndyCar. He's gonna drive in IndyCar, and uh, uh, it absolutely makes me, you know, also proud that I can be part of this team. That uh, so. What's it like driving for the man who walked through fire? What 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 have you what what have you what do you what have you learned? Uh I think that's the what everyone and what I learned from that situation that uh, uh, that nev that never give up is is real. It's even mm. if you are probably in your worst that you that others would think, because I I saw that crash live and it was was really horrible, and. Uh, it was so amazing to see him like walking out from that thing, what happened there. 
and uh, he is the true definition of of never give up and uh, it's it's it actually gives a lot of lot of uh, inspiration and motivation like yeah. uh, and still after that he's continuing racing on the on on the highest on professional level i think it's amazing so i really i really admire him what is he doing and uh, he's being a great, great boss yeah i bet i bet he must be it's a, a very inspirational person to be racing with and racing for and racing under that that name how um often does he get involved with the team on a more tactical level in terms of things like driver coaching or, or engineering or race strategy does does he get involved in, in that sort of thing does, does he kind of take a an active role in the team when you've got big races coming up when he when he has the time he's definitely there especially like through the lmvs season he was also racing himself and it was he was being really active on 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 you know preparation and uh, telling us about the setup what he feels of it could be better you know so uh his experience was was definitely there uh but like i lately he got a bit more busy around racing you know and uh as there are only championships which only sim racers can do you know it's like uh let's say that uh he is uh uh not that active uh on it but but i believe if 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 there is something something what we need help on or anything i think he could be there he can be there and uh uh and it, it makes us i think it makes us uh uh being really like feeling good about it you know that uh, we have someone who is being really good in real racing and is there with us if we need so uh yeah incredible incredible now talking of real racing it's a question i have to ask every sim racer any aspiration to move towards any real racing or try any real racing uh, if I would have chance, I think I would do. Uh, but to be honest, I'm not really searching for opportunities like that. Uh, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I can I can tell I'm not really searching opportunities. But probably what I think about it that at one point who started sim racing, uh, everyone probably started that because they wanted to be a real real driver, you know, a real racer. That mm. was kind of one of my dreams back then, you know. That's what I was believing. If I being good in in sim racing, then someone gonna come and tell, okay, drive for us in in real car, you know. So I think I would do it definitely if I would have chance. But uh, also from the other from the other other view, sim racing is uh, really like uh, a thing. If you're doing well, uh, it can be really uh, it can pay out a lot. Mm. You know, in terms of I can I can say that in terms of funny and in and everything so i i don't know if in real racing uh definitely you need to have good sponsors to to being able to drive you know and uh you need i think uh a big background also for it and in sim racing you have to have a great equipment which is not cheap i'm i'm telling it's not cheap but if you're doing it great it's definitely paying paying you back so yeah. i think being in sim racing is really is really great mm. It, it is strange that actually, if you if you consider like the portion of kind of like a pro drivers sim racers versus real world drivers, actually most drivers that you see on TV, if it's not Formula One, are paying to race as opposed to being yeah. paid. Especially when you start looking at even GT3, certainly GT4. You know, yeah. it's um it, that that whereas in sim racing, there is a growing list of opportunities where you can make a. A salary that will at least support yourself plus the opportunities for 
for sponsorships and partnerships, which leads me on to another question, which is about the role of um, media engagement, streaming, etc. in your career. How big a part do you think that is and, and how important do you think it is? Uh, you mean like that to uh, you're being active like on social media or like uh, that's social media or, or streaming yeah. on Twitch or YouTube, all those sorts of activities that a lot of the, the, the pro esports drivers engage in quite a lot. I think it's, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty important, even though I'm not, I'm not that active on it. Uh, and uh, in my case, I can tell it's like basically uh Lack, lack of time and uh, I feel like that what I'm doing uh, and focusing on the racing is is really enough to to being at the PC you know the time mm. and uh, I I can I need some I, I need some time from the PC I think it would be really hard for me if doing it professionally but also doing some streams next to it you know uh, yeah because I feel it's or even just to do on professional level racing uh, in esports it's really demanding to my uh, to my mind. Uh, mm. And it's not great for the mental health, I guess. And uh, I just feel I just uh, need some definitely more more free time next to next to just uh, racing itself. So, what do you like to do in your in your free time? What's your favorite place to be when you're not racing? Um, if it's if the weather is good, I like to go outside, of course. Uh, <laughs> going on a motorbike is one of the things, uh, which oh, is okay. which uh, which is turning my brain off, and I can be really free, you know. Or also go for a, go for a drive with my car. Uh, but there's a theme here. Some... <laughs> <laughs> also, also like uh, doing some kind of sports, uh, which is like possible in the winter also. But when the weather is good, you just feel more motivated to start it, I guess. So uh, being more active outside, more active physically i think that's uh, uh what i need or what i have to what i love to do when i'm not at the pc or be well, with friends or like yeah we're talking talking of uh being outdoors and being physical uh i'm now going to use that as a as a smooth silky smooth segue to our questions we've had a few questions that have been sent in um ahead of this podcast uh, the first one as always is from our sponsor um, Athetech, who were very excited when we told them that you were coming on the show. Um, they sent in a few questions. I picked a couple. Um, the first one, since it relates to what you were just describing, is how do you train up to a race physically? What do you physically do? Any physical training, exercises, stretches, etc., that you do before a race? Uh, probably stretching. It's uh, if if there is something I don't, I try to not to uh, have to say like. Uh, pressure myself or like uh, being or doing stuff which is really like let's say making me tired you know or like making mm. making me physical physically physically tired i'm just trying to mostly stretch maybe doing some push-ups which is helping to let's say like uh wake me up a bit more uh but that's that's mostly like there is no not a specific routine for me what i do before races i just try to be try to stretch try to be calm you know and uh yeah that's okay yeah that, that, that makes that makes sense i guess you don't want to be uh you don't want to be overexerting yourself before a race given how mentally demanding it is um okay, yeah so i've got another question here from uh george morgan uh who joins us uh usually in our in our pre-show uh obviously he's commentated on on many of your races he says ranking your achievements in sim racing would you say that 2023 currently holds its place at the top 
given your results in ESL R1 over the years, and in your opinion, was becoming the ESL R1 uh, major champion, its first, your greatest achievement to date so far? Yes. Uh, George is saying, you are saying George completely right. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> so was yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, definitely. I think 2023 was my most successful season. Uh, honestly, starting in ESL R1, the first season, the spring season, I was thinking being somewhere around the top top 10 or top 12, getting into the final in the major on the major team mm. would be a great achievement already. And uh, already from Katowice, I started to feel that probably I have something more here, something more I can achieve. And uh, winning winning that, uh, considering that who I'm driving against, who were my opponents, the best drivers from iRacing, from ACC, from Air Factor. Uh, we got drivers from F1 also. Um, um. You know, I think definitely that's like, uh, it's something which is still hard to process for me, that, that I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm on it. But definitely like 2023, is absolutely even the second season was great i guess i finished fifth but i'm still happy with it on saudi i finished in the saudi event i finished fourth in the drivers championship and uh, what i did in formula e also it makes me really proud because uh, i think everyone knows who is in sim racing how strong freddy is and that uh, just just slightly but i could i could beat him that's that's one of the things that i'm really proud for from from the last year interesting feels like your um your your the benchmarks and the goals that you set yourselves are very aligned to the respect you have for other drivers in the space and the competitions that they've won i.e if there's a particular driver who's done very well and you've you've watched their journey and you've watched their races etc that's the sort of thing that you set your goals on it's like okay i want to be better than that guy which feels like a really kind of respectful healthy way to to engage with this community yeah i think uh being on the same level or like similar level like what for example freddy did in the formula e and uh, even though finishing ahead of him it's like uh i don't know it's, it's just a huge thing for me absolutely it's it's amazing you know yeah and from the whole esl field drivers i had great fights with james uh joshua uh mm. max Benecke, you know these guys for Great example, Daira from ACC, and yeah. uh, you know, you know, telling me this two years ago that I can fight, I could, I'm gonna be able to fight against these guys uh, in sim racing. I think uh, I, I would have not believed it, but, but it's real. It's, it's there, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, here, trying to stay on this position as, as long as possible. Because because it's amazing, definitely. I I enjoy it so much. <laughs> it sounds like you're it sounds like you're really enjoying the moment, which I think is really refreshing. Um, it, you know, it's it's it, you know, you're quite quite right to be like, okay, this is incredible. I'm just gonna enjoy this, and I'm gonna stay here for as long as I can. Um, okay, I've got one more question because we are short of time. I know you're you're very tight for for time today, and I really appreciate you giving up um, time today to to chat to us at, at Sim Sundays. So uh, random cool sign um sent in a couple of questions um first one i think you've kind of answered he asked about what the difference is pressure in terms of the pressure when performing either at home for a final uh, or at a lan event with a live audience which i think we've kind of covered and then he also says do you think that lan sim racing esports has a future yes 
<laughs> I really, I, 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 I don't know exactly like uh, if it's really, if it's really uh, uh, sustainable. But I really hope that it's, uh, and I believe it's it's the way. So because, for example, what we saw on ESL season, uh, we had views on the online races, but definitely on the LAN events, it was ten times more, at least, probably mm. even more. Mm. So I I think definitely LAN events are the way to go, or uh, I I think that uh, that would be amazing, and uh, I I just hope that it 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 can work in the future because I think for. For F1, also, I think when we were there in Sweden, there were the F1 drivers also, and it was a so you know so great like atmosphere, the whole thing. You could meet with the F1 esports driver, ESL drivers were there. Uh, so I, I prefer I hopefully hopefully none events is gonna work work in the future. Marcel, thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. I really really appreciate it. it. Sounds like you're incredibly incredibly busy and you appreciate time away from the computer. So thank you for spending an additional hour. Uh, talking to us it's been absolutely fascinating i can't believe that this time has has flown by already um if people want to follow your progress um and see where you're racing next etc where can they follow you online uh i'm there on twitter instagram also i have a youtube channel which i'm not really updating but i have it <laughs> and also facebook i don't know if someone's still using facebook but i have facebook also so they can find me there <laughs> great marcel thank you so much Thank you so much, guys. I was enjoying a lot. Thank you.